podcast for single women considering solo motherhood by donor conception. Season one is focusing on the decision to become a solo mum, all about dating, relationships, and how to make that final decision that solo motherhood is the path for you. Today's guest is Molly Hawkey, host of Spermcast, the podcast that documents her search for a sperm donor and her journey to solo motherhood. If you haven't listened to it already, head over and check out Spermcast. It is amazing. But for now, let's go and chat to Molly. Hi, Molly, and thank you so much for joining me on the Stalk and I podcast. Um, I know that you have your own podcast um, with so many episodes um, uh, Mm -hmm. documenting your journey to solo motherhood. But today I want to talk a little bit almost before that about what led up to it. So I thought what might be quite nice is if you start off just with a bit of an introduction about where you are in your journey now and then we'll go right back to the beginning about sort of what led you there if that's okay with you. Sure that sounds great. Um, Well first I started the podcast when I was 39 and it was basically a quest for my my sperm donor and a little bit of a quest for some some personal growth and and it was very funny and silly and lighthearted, but also had some real poignant, poignant stuff in there, some real human emotion. And I was just interviewing all of my male friends, <laughs> which was interesting. Uh, but the podcast kind of took a turn once I started trying to get pregnant and realized how hard it was. And, um, and since then, I've been through a lot of ups and downs. It's been about 18 months of trying and... Um, uh, on my fourth insemination, I got pregnant. Then I had a miscarriage. Then I started doing uh, intrauterine inseminations at a clinic with with donor sperm from a sperm bank rather than a known donor. And those didn't work. And then I did IVF. And wow, that didn't work. Shocking. <laughs> yeah. And um, most recently, I thawed half of my frozen eggs that I'd frozen when I was 37, and I made four embryos and uh, transferred two of those, got pregnant, and had another miscarriage, and voila, here I am <laughs> during oh a pandemic, God. and now I'm doing a home insemination soon, I hope, uh, with donor sperm from a sperm bank, and I'm in my parents' house, and and it's very strange. What a journey. Super important for people to know, though, because um, I see women agonizing over whether to start this journey, and Mm -hmm. then often presuming that once you've made that decision, it will then be quite simple, and I think yours is is an example where that absolutely hasn't been the case. I mean, how long has that all um, taken, that whole um, experience? I mean, I, uh, well, I do want to say, wait, what did I want to say? I don't even remember. <laughs> I just wanted to agree with you that I, I thought it was going to be immediate, um, yeah. that I would, I would start trying and I would get pregnant right away because my mom had five kids and I'm so fertile. Not that I've ever gotten pregnant accidentally, but I, I mean, I always knew that, that these things were a possibility and I, I, I just thought I would sort of beat the stats somehow. And now I'm 41, I'll be 42 in August and I'm, I'm not there yet. And it's getting harder to get there every day. So um, how long has it been? I started the podcast about two years ago and started thinking about the trying or becoming a single mother about uh, two and a half, a little over two and a half years ago. Um, after a breakup with a guy who said he wanted to get a vasectomy. And I said, all right, well, 
I don't think this is going to happen. Um, I'll, I'll see you in five years when I have kids of my own. And we broke up and then I was like, shit, how, oh, can I curse? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have a bad mouth on my own podcast, so I forget. Um, yeah. So I said, oh, um, I, I better figure out how to get a kid of my own. And here we are. Yeah. It took me a long time to make that decision though. Cause that was in the fall of 2018 that I was like, I need to get on this. And it was, um, not until, uh, I started the podcast in May of 2019. Wait a minute. I'm backwards. I started <laughs> this in 2017. I don't know what's going on anymore. Anyway, um, it was a long time. It was, it's all, it's all a wash. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. And what was it? So you sort of said that it took you a while to decide. What was the thought process that was going through your mind when you were trying to decide? There was, yeah, there's a, a few layers to it. I think there's an ego part, which is admitting that you can't find a man and you're not lovable. These are not things that are true, um, but things that might have gone through my head um, or the things that I would think other people would think yeah. about me. Yeah. Uh, other people would think, oh, uh, there must be something wrong with her if um, she can't find a man or she needs to go to get a sperm donor. Um, and did you know anyone? Because I, my thing was, why am I the only person in the world who can't find a man? It felt like everyone else could, and it was only yeah, me. yeah. I, 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 I didn't know anybody. I mean, I, I have uh, so many friends that are that have healthy relationships, and they're oh. married, and here I am, and I, I've had good relationships, but um, probably relationships I stayed in for too long that I should have gotten gotten out of sooner, and I just, um, I just. Yeah, I I did. I did. I I knew a lot of people that were happy and healthy and uh, in happy, healthy relationships. And I didn't know why, what was wrong with me, especially I I think that I'm a pretty great person. I think that I'm cute and funny and smart. And um, I I don't know what it is, but I, I don't think it's something that's wrong with me. I think there, I just haven't found the right person yet. I agree. I, I and I and totally uh, get what you're saying about the ego thing as well. That was totally me. I and I was thinking, you know, I must. This must happen for me. You know, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. And after time, you're like, hmm, maybe this isn't going to happen. Yeah. So that was it. You said it was multi-layered. So ego was one. The ego is one. Yeah, just worrying about what other people would think about me, and then there's the question of whether or not I can do it by myself. And that's, uh, I mean, I still question that, but um, it, I think ultimately it comes down to the question of what if you can never have a baby yeah. and do you even have a choice? And in the end, I didn't have a choice. It's like the only option I had. Yeah. And the alternative isn't something you want to even sort of contemplate the alternative yeah. of being a mom. Yeah. Yeah. And I really, I mean, I used my podcast to think about it. So basically I know it was keeping me um, accountable week after week. I had to figure out where am I at right now? Am I going to do this? When am I going to start this process? And I'm, I'm so thankful for it because I, it forced me to sort of keep tabs on myself and, and do it. I don't know if I would have done it if I hadn't gotten there. 
And I think it's really nice because I think it's really helped a lot of other people because I think a lot of what you say, other people are like, yes, this is me. You know, there, there are, although we may not have lots of people we know um, yeah. in our friendship group, groups, there's loads of people in the same situation. So I know yeah. people mention to me they've listened to your podcast. And it's oh, really cool. They're in the same situation. That's wonderful. That's part yeah. of it, isn't it? Knowing there's other people out there who are going through the same thing. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And what I just, what if, what if I hadn't started? What if, uh, I don't know. I just, I can't imagine what, what I would be doing right now if I hadn't started trying to have a baby. I doubt I'd have a boyfriend. (laughs) I doubt like that guy would have come out of thin air and I'm just glad I started. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad I got past that. Yeah. Did you have an idea about sort of well, like maybe when you were much younger, how you thought your life was going to be? What did you think was going to happen? Yeah. Um, My mom had five kids. I always wanted to have a ton of kids. That number started decreasing as I got a little older. So by when I'm 30, I'm like, well, maybe I'll have four. Oh, I'm 32 now. Maybe I'll have uh, three. (laughs) And uh, we got down to, you know, one or two at 39. Um, and yeah, of course, I thought I'd be married and uh, I'd, I'd have a successful acting career. I'm an actor as well. Um, nothing has panned out the way I thought it would. And I mean, I think, um, yeah, I don't want to use the word blame, but I think the way, the reason I'm, oh, a contributing factor yep. <laughs> to why I'm in this scenario that I'm in is... Um, I chose a career that is unstable and and uh, doesn't have a lot of reliability. And I live in a town where everybody's twenty three years old, and the the men are all gorgeous, and the women are all gorgeous, and and maybe people aren't thinking about making babies with each other. And I I don't know, but I I don't think that um it's hard to be an I, an artist. Yeah. And that's another thing that's that was uh, contributed to my worry about be becoming a single mother by choice is that I don't have a, a normal type of income, that yeah. it's not um, totally reliable. So um, one of the things you said is that, you know, where you live, you don't feel like everyone's sort of like making babies. That's a, a really mm-hmm. common thing I hear that women are saying to me, um, I just men don't want to settle down. Do do you think that's true? Do you think men and women or and or women um are less keen to settle down earlier on now or do you think it just depends? I mean, if I'm just looking at around me at what I'm seeing in my group then yeah, I think I think so. I mean, I the people I went to high school with, I went to, I, I grew up in New York and I live in LA, two of these very kind of liberal areas. And um, none of my friends in New York have kids, although I only have guy friends in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Do any of them have kids? Oh yeah, one of them has kids. Um, but they're, they didn't really start getting married until later in life. Um, whereas I have um, another childhood friend of mine who moved down south and and she got married very early. She's been married and divorced twice already. She's got a bunch of kids and all of her friends are married and have kids. So I think it's just a regional kind of thing sometimes. Yeah. But I personally have not ever been in a group of, had a, a friend group that has, um, that is full of married and uh, parents. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> same as me. So I think, definitely what I'm seeing is people are waiting later and what's 
sometimes frustrating is that for the man that's not as it's not as much pressure but for the woman then you start to feel a bit more pressure because of the biology yeah, yeah. Things, which can feel frustrating so yeah what age do you, did you start feeling pressure? I think 35 is when my gynecologist mentioned egg freezing to me and I was like, what? Don't be crazy. <laughs> and two years later, I was freezing my eggs. So um, yeah, I, I mean, I've been oh, starting to feel the pressure though. 28, I remember breaking up with a guy because I knew he wasn't the one. I knew he wasn't going to be the father of my children. I think I told him I'm no spring chicken. <laughs> Um, and that's another thing. There's no way to control any of this stuff. I mean, you can make good decisions for yourself and not end up with a person that you know is not going to be your baby daddy. But I put a lot of pressure on all of my relationships in my 20s and early 30s, just wondering if this man was going to be the father of my children. And only looking at them through that lens rather than looking at them for who they were or I, I feel exactly the same. And you like, sometimes I would go on a date and I know that I'd be thinking, would you be a good father to my children? Yeah. The guy was probably thinking, would you have sex with me? Right. <laughs> like, similar sort of process needs to happen, but just from slightly <laughs> and I feel like we were just so mismatched in our thinking because we're so far ahead because we're mm -hmm. running out of time. It feels like. Yeah. I think one thing that was choosing to become a single mother by choice uh, was, I think one thing that was good for me was separating the idea of love and baby. Okay. So going and taking, separating them, taking them apart and saying like, I have the rest of my life to fall in love, but if I want to have a baby, I need to do it now. You do. I do have the rest of my life to fall in love. Ah. It's gotten harder to meet people as I've gotten more set in my ways and I know more about myself and I just, I can't even imagine being with somebody that I could stand right now, <laughs> but I'm still hoping he's out there. Yeah. I still get crushes every now and again. I think yeah. it's a really good advice for people though to try to separate it. So having a baby is one thing, meeting as a, a guy is one thing or a partner and they don't mm. have to be the same you know they don't have to be combined and maybe that takes a little bit of the pressure off as well yeah and i did i you know i was dating a guy the, the guy i mentioned earlier who said he wanted to get a vasectomy yeah i said uh we, we split up but a couple of months later he came back into the picture and i'm like all right but i got it i gotta tell you i've decided i'm gonna be a single mother by choice and i'm gonna do this podcast and he's like that's cool then i don't have to have a kid and so we did date for a while um, but then it, well, he already had two kids of his own. Things got too, he had recently gotten divorced. It was complicated. Right. It didn't end up working, but like there are people out there that are happy to, to date you while you're doing this separate thing by yourself. I think that's, that's really good to share as well, because quite a lot of people say to me, I've just met someone, but mm -hmm. I was just about to start treatment and now I don't know what to do. And I always say I'd be honest and um, see what the reaction is, depending on oh, your yeah. age maybe give yourself um a time scale to say you'll wait for a certain amount of time but you'll kick yourself if you keep on waiting and then it doesn't work out there is a lot of kicking yourself yeah, <laughs> yeah. and i think um i think there are guys i've definitely heard stories of guys who have gone along with the journey and exactly yeah. the same as what you said they said okay well the pressure's off you know i'm happy to be part of it but not 
it be mine sort of thing. Yeah. And then you can just let the relationship develop and see yeah. if it works out and see if, if this is the right person for you. Yeah. And you guys don't have to get it muddled up. Yeah. So do you think you found dating whilst you wanted a baby harder because of that pressure? Oh, back before I started trying. Yes. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I also had a a guy that I was kind of seeing, would have liked to see him more. Um, But I I always brought up kids. He always made... fun of me but I'm like I'm not saying I want your kids I'm we're just casually hanging out I'm just talking about my desire and he yeah I just <laughs> I just kind of always put a, a wrench in the gears it's so hard to know how to position it though isn't it are you honest about it are you do you wait for a while like it is so hard to know uh, yeah. when do I say it yeah but now I've gotten more, much more comfortable with it and that guy was he was young I mean I think I at the time was 35 and he was 29 or something like that I think that men closer to my age they get it and they're I mean everybody that I tell about it on a date now um, they're always fascinated and yeah. they want to hear everything and they I even one time somebody said, you're the most interesting person I've ever met. I love it. <laughs> I never saw him again. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, there's, there's no telling what's going to happen, but I've come to realize what the most important thing to me is, and that is building a family. And I know that I can build a family by myself. I, I don't know if I can build one if I wait around for a man. Yeah, no, that's so true. And um, so when you were making that final decision to start, mm-hmm. almost like before you started the podcast and then at the beginning of the podcast, what made you make the final decision to just go for it? That's a good question. I don't know if I have a, a specific answer for you, uh, something that pushed me over the edge. It was just more over time, do you think? Then? I think I just needed to sort of sit with it. And I think the podcast is really what put me over the edge, actually. Not everybody can just start a podcast to figure it out. But, um, but for me, I hadn't fully made the decision until I was well into the podcast. I knew I, I was considering it. I was sort of um, dipping my toe in the water, seeing what would sort of uh, coming at it from all angles, analyzing everything. And it was during the podcast that I made the decision that I would make it happen. Yeah, I suppose not everyone can start a podcast, but one of the things <laughs> one of the things you were doing is talking to a lot of people, talking for different mm-hmm. opinions, getting advice. So I suppose that's something that might help people if they're in the in the decision making process. Yeah, I think talking about it out loud is so important. And I, I one of the reasons I, I started the podcast was because I had a hard time talking about it, yeah. and I always felt like if I was, if I brought it up to a guy, they would think that I wanted to have their baby. Or if I, I don't know, if I brought it up to friends who had children, I would, I would feel like, uh, oh, they, they feel bad for me. Or there's a stigma, even though we've been making babies for all of <laughs> human history. Yeah. <laughs> for some reason, it's still hard to talk about. And that's absurd to me. And so I wanted to um, get people talking about it. Everybody thinks about it, no matter whether you want to have kids or you don't. It's very frustrating. It's very frustrating. It's also my passion. So um, to help people 
feel comfortable about talking about their situation and what they're struggling with and their desires and it doesn't matter if you're not in a relationship at a certain time your desire to become a mum is the same mm -hmm. as anyone's desire to become a mum I think that's mm -hmm. what people can realize that desire your relationship status is irrelevant I think for the desire to be a mum yeah um, but society has dictated from the past that right in a relationship to um to proceed so it's just right and everything else in society has changed but this thing is kind of stuck in the past and we're still trying to figure it out and it's it makes it very confusing it it's does. not caught up to the real world agree but I, the, the positive thing is i do see it changing at least i see more and more people mm -hmm. speaking about it. it's more positive in the media now i'd love to see a few more films where the happy ever after doesn't involve getting the guy and having mm. the, the, you know a different way of having a family because mm -hmm. so many are still ended that way yeah I think it reinforces to us that that is the happily ever after and it doesn't need to be that story. Yeah, so, I agree. No. Yeah, I don't see a lot of, I don't see all of any of this represented well in cinema or TV. No. Um, There's an opportunity for you here. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm working on it. Yeah. Got things, things in the works, things maybe. Being discussed. There's lots of people who would be very, very appreciative of that because um, yeah. I think a lot of women feel like it needs to be better represented. Yeah, and they feel more confident with it. Yeah, you, the crazy thing that people always say to me is, um, or th th what they said in the beginning is like, "Oh my gosh, Molly, you're gonna do this. You're gonna start this thing, and then you're gonna meet the man of your dreams." And I'm like. Sure, I that would be great. Uh, it, I don't live in a movie, so far things have not turned out that way. But uh, we'll see if that happens. And I just like, yes, that would be great. And I hope that happens to everybody that's listening. And if they want a man or a woman, whatever you want. Yeah. Um, but you don't know if it's going to happen. I need. Uh, it's hard to stop fantasizing about it. I think that's my problem because oh, yeah. one of the things I've spoken to some people who are in relationships who are saying, you've got to stop fantasizing that if mm. you met the man, this would be so much easier, so much better. Yeah. It would be different. Yeah. And there'd be loads of other challenges. So there'd be things that are easier, but there would also be things that are more challenging. And I always have to remind myself that because I live in the fairy tale film land mm. of um, yes. you know, because that's what's sort of ingrained in us really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we grow up watching fairy tales. And I watched way too much TV as a kid. Yeah. And I also have a an example of um, parents that love each other. They've been married for over 50 years and they have five from my mom and dad and two from my dad's uh, previous marriage. There's seven, you know, just a big family, lots of love. And I guess I might be an idealist and I might have always been looking for that and somebody as as great as my dad and as great as my brothers. And um, maybe that contributed to me not finding the person but anyway it's this romanticized yeah. thing it's just not really reality no exactly and it does pay to remind ourselves of that sometimes because it can be easy to fantasize and for sure there are benefits of um of doing it on your own how, how do you feel about that whole aspect sort of going through it on your own well going through the trying process has been trying yeah. <laughs> um but 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 i haven't been on, on my own i've had so many my listeners have become my friends and my mom has been with me the whole time. Um, I mean, from across the country. Um, 
And then I have closer friends. It's interesting. You do kind of learn who your friends are yeah. along the way. Um, those who are not even comfortable talking about this stuff or yeah. they just, they really don't get it or they don't even ask questions because maybe they're afraid or find that you have certain friends for some things and certain friends for other things. And yeah, um, yeah it, it, it's been hard. Hmm. Having a miscarriage is hard when you're alone. But then I've talked to women who are married and have a partner and they have a miscarriage and their husband doesn't get it. And, and they feel alone, which is sometimes yeah. harder when you yeah. feel alone in a relationship. Yeah. And they can't experience the pain you're, you're going through physically and emotionally. It's, it's not ideal. None of this is ideal. I don't want any of this. Yeah. I still want my, my, my fantasy, but, but I'm happy yeah. and hopeful and uh, and I've broken my own rule by saying going through it on your own as well, because I always say you're not on your own. You're not with a romantic partner, but to your mm-hmm. point, you've got loads of people supporting. So, um, so much. Yeah. It's good to remember that those people are there for you and they can give you that support rather than what I sometimes do fantasize that it would be so much better if that one person was there. I yeah. Get it from a lot of people. Yeah. And where do you think it's all heading? Where, you know, do you see, do you think this is going to just be on the increase that loads more people are going to find themselves in this situation? What do you think? Yeah, I do. I think um, it's, as as it becomes less of an, a, a strange idea, I mean, of course people have been doing this forever. We're not the first people on the planet, but yeah. uh, it is, I do think it's becoming more, more uh, popular and more accepted and families these days are made of all in all different shapes and sizes. Yeah. Um, the world has definitely changed and sexuality is different. I have nieces and nephews who are in high school and uh, <laughs> there's a funny story when I was 30, what, 37, I was like, oh my God, I'm gay. <laughs> which only lasted about a year, but I very excitedly told my whole family, told my nieces and nephews, I thought I'd get a more of a reaction out of all of them, but they just were like, all right, cool. Like they didn't care. <laughs> love it. It's just n- normal. There's, yeah. and yeah. I, th- I um, love that we always worry so much about what people will think. And then usually <laughs> most people are like, yeah, okay, good. They just accept yeah we've chosen yeah 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 but but the but when our children are um well you're how old is your little one she is uh just over two so two and yeah i mean i have so much to ask you about 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 your experience so i guess that'll you'll have to be on my podcast uh, and answer all those questions then but um but i i think our kids are going to grow up in a world that is more accepting and where there's much more variety of like different types of families and I think it's it's just going to be much more normal I agree and and actually we're sort of leading the way on some of that and getting them to realize that family looks different and yeah actually you make your own family that's a big belief of mine you know we we choose we pull people in that we want to be part of that Mm -hmm. well that's how we get it extended so what advice would you give people then? So I know that lots of people that listen to the stalk and I are people trying to decide whether this is the route for them. Lots of people say to me, lots of the women I coach say, um, 
I'm just going to give it six more months because I, I really, my preference is to meet a guy. Um, mm-hmm. Through everything that sort of you have been through, have you got any advice for people that are sort of thinking, how do I make the decision? What shall I do? Yeah. Well, something that's interesting that I found is that very, very hard decisions that seemed very, very hard in the, in the time that they were happening, I look back on them and they're so easy. And I'm just like, why was that so difficult for you? This is what you always wanted. You made the right choice, but I, I, it takes time. Each little decision is really hard to get through. And I think you need to give yourself not only the time to try to get pregnant, it might happen quickly, but it, it might take longer than you're thinking. But you also need that time to adjust each time you <laughs> change your expectations. Like I had to make the decision to become a, or to try to become a single mother by choice. That was hard for me. Then I, I had decided initially that I wanted a known donor. Then I had to switch to a sperm donor when I lost my, reg, my known donor. I'm sorry. I had to switch to a sperm bank. And yeah. I initially was like, I never want to use a sperm bank. And there's pros and cons to both sides. And, um, but I lost my known donor and, and had to, I mean, it was like a tragic decision for me. I, I didn't want to do it. And it's, it's, who cares? Who cares? I don't give a damn. And then there was the decision to go to, to do IVF. And that was really painstaking for me. And then there was a decision to use my frozen eggs. And that was so hard for me. And then just two weeks ago, there was the decision of whether or not to uh, get a, a tank of, with a vial in it sent from my sperm bank to my, my parents' farm in New York. And that was so difficult for me. And now look, I, a week and a half later, I'm like, what was I, why was I scared? Because what the, the core of the matter is all I want is a baby and to create my family and to build my family and to have that person there and how you get there doesn't even matter. There's like all kinds of ego you have to chip away at. Anyway, so I guess my advice would be to, to get going. And if you're not ready to get going, I am a fan of egg freezing. I wish I had done it earlier. I did it when I was 37. And I wish I'd um, done it multiple times and gotten tons of eggs because it's not a guarantee. I also wish I'd considered freezing embryos because they freeze better than eggs do or they thaw better. So yeah, and I don't want to say that I wish I'd dated differently or because it just each thing I just it all played out the way it had to play out yeah and there's lots of things we can learn and there's lots of things we might do differently now but at the time you know it's hard yeah I was you know I was in love what could I do sorry yeah (laughs) no but I think what you've said to people is brilliant advice so um it's almost some of those decisions seem really hard what yeah. maybe just try to identify what's making it seem so big so what's holding you back on each of those decisions um yeah. and and also hearing other people's stories i think really helps um yeah. you know uh, because some of it is it's all so unknown you've never done any of it before you've never had yeah. to make any of those choices before whereas if you can get more information and speak to people who have done it it can start feeling a little bit less daunting maybe sometimes. yeah it is daunting there is so much and I agree with you talking about it and is is the best thing that you can do getting it out of the insides yeah (laughs) absolutely I just it's such a a burden to keep all of your feelings about that stuff inside 
I mean, it's extreme then broadcasting it to. Um, I know. You know. I mean, I'm, I'm absurd. I mean, I, I'm an oversharer and I have no, no boundaries and that's not healthy either. Well, it's worked, but it's worked well for you. So the lesson I think is communicating is good. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I think it really will help loads of people. And um, for anyone who wants to know more, because there's so much more, um, you know, detail about some of the things you've been through and um, head over to Molly's podcast Spermcast. It's so it's so good because you're so funny and down to earth and raw and honest and it's oh, I love listening to it. Oh so, thank you so much. Um, and yeah I'm really wishing you the best of luck with your with your next step. Thank on you. Looking thank forward you. to seeing how it goes got everything crossed for you. Thank you so much. I need uh I just all I need to do now is ovulate. <laughs> okay that's what we're wishing for please send me those ovulation vibes <laughs> we will do we will do thank All you right. so much Lovely Mel to chat to you bye yeah. bye bye if you've enjoyed this episode please do leave a review and for more information head over to the stalk and I website www.thestalkandi.com for more information thanks for listening and see you next week